Welcome to Divorce Explained, the podcast where we answer your questions and navigate the process of divorce together. Sharing real stories and personal experiences, this is your guide through it all. With your hosts, family law specialist Steve Benmore and divorce lawyer and strategist Leanne Townsend. So we are getting really close to the holidays and there's Christmas decorations outside. People are buying Christmas trees. Jewish people are buying new candles for their Hanukkah to celebrate. Uh, our Indian friends had just recently celebrated Vali. Um, and the world is in a pretty scary place at the same time. Wars and death and protests. So what we thought we would do, our loving viewers, is we want to talk about the future in 2024 because uh, Leanne and I, we deal in people's personal lives. We are constantly hearing and advising people on their personal lives. And we thought we would use this opportunity as divorce lawyers and divorce coaches and divorce mediators to discuss with our viewers uh, some ideas on how to make 2024 a emotionally healthy, a financially secure and a peaceful 2024 because as we enter into the next few weeks a lot of people are planning their holidays planning family get-togethers but some of our clients and some of our followers are having a really hard time either in their spousal relationships or in their relationships with their children or in their relationships with their employers or quite frankly, because the world right now is a pretty scary place. And so we thought we would talk about some of the tips that we, as divorce lawyers, mediators and coaches can share with our followers to be able to think about how one can make the next year a good year. How does that sound as a topic, Leanne? I think it sounds like a great topic. I, I love when we can put a positive, something positive out there for our viewers and so I can't think of anything more positive right now than how to make 2024 a, a great year from a, a family and parenting perspective. 100%. So I'll kick it off and uh, for the benefit of our viewers, we didn't, we didn't script this. We're just going full throttle, total improv on the subject using our many, many years of professional family law experience. So let me start with the first one. So, you know, there's an old saying, you give a person a hammer, everything looks like a nail. As a divorce lawyer, I can't tell you how many thousands of calls I've answered in the last 30 years where people say, I'm calling you, Mr. Benmore, because I want a divorce. And I often say, why? And then I get a very long answer. And the answer is intended to persuade me that the solution to the problem that they just described is the divorce. Well, I can tell you this, most of the time, that solution doesn't solve that problem. So what's the typical situation? Family has poor communication, family has problems with their children, family has financial problems, 
family has infidelity or trust issues. And so the solution in their mind is, get me one of those things called a divorce. Because once I get that, <coughs> it's going to solve all the problems. Well, guess what? It does not solve the problem. All it does is it moves the problem from one address to two addresses. That's all it does. Because in most of our cases, the couple will continue to have a relationship going forward. Rarely do we have these, but there are cases where there are no children. And when they split up, they, they really have the freedom to go their separate ways, unless, of course, uh, they share a circle of friends or they work at the same place, which in some cases actually does happen. But for the most part, at least in my practice, I'd say about 75% of my cases have children in common. In some cases, very, very young children. In some cases, teenagers. And in some cases, adult children, because I'm doing a lot of great divorce. Either way, whether your child is five years old or 35 years old, when you divorce, you continue to have a relationship with the other spouse. And when you do, those problems that have been weighing on the client, weighing on the spouse. The idea is if I get this thing called a divorce, if Mr. Benmore helps me get that thing, the problem will go away, but it doesn't go away. It just gets moved, deferred, repackaged, recycled. Sometimes it's actually even worse. In other words, if while living together, the communication was poor, and in some cases it's really poor, like, like mean-spirited, like, yelling, screaming, um, name-calling. Well, when they split up, oftentimes it's worse because what ends up happening is now they go full throttle. There's absolutely no filter required anymore. And so when people come to me and say, that's the solution that I want, my job, by the way, not only ethically, but statutorily is to look them in the eye and say, you have alternative options. And those alternative options could include individual therapy, couples therapy, family therapy. And then even if things are not good and there needs to be a breakup, the nature of the breakup and the development of a new paradigm in their life, like the new rules, how everyone's going to behave with one another, when everybody gets to see the kids, who is going to live in the house. All of those factors need not be resolved through a war. It can be resolved amicably. And there are a lot of tools in Ontario, collaborative family law, mediation, lawyers speaking to each other instead of writing demand letters to one another. And I say this to those viewers who think, well, hold on a second. When I split up, I want the toughest lawyer to take my spouse down. And that takes me to your earlier comment. When you give a person a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So the question becomes, are you hiring a hammer? Because if you hire a hammer, get ready. You might be hammered yourself. And so, I just want to share my little philosophical uh, epiphany with our viewers from the standpoint of a divorce lawyer entering 2024. And if you have 
any of those concerns that I just mentioned, or even those that I haven't mentioned, ask yourself, who are the right people to soundboard the problem and the solutions with before you arrive at the conclusion as to what the solution ought to be? Because that can cause tunnel vision. Because once you conclude that you want that B, it's very hard to convince a person out of it. It's very true. And my point that I want to build on from what you just said, Steve, as uh, something I think viewers can take away and bring into 2024 is to focus on solutions rather than problems. I think when people are going through separation and divorce, it's easy to focus on every little problem and every little thing that your ex is doing that isn't exactly the way you want it to be. And um, I always take the perspective that I, I want solutions. And so for, you know, as an example, I have an associate lawyer who works for me. And when she comes to me on a file where there's a problem that needs to be solved, I always expect her to have some solutions proposed to me, um, or at least one solution proposed for us to consider um, in terms of solving the problem. And there's no reason why this can't apply to clients as well. When when there's something happening and your ex is you know doing something, whether it's they're not putting your child to bed at the time your child you know goes to bed at your place, and you're finding you get the, your child back the next day and they're tired or you know, they're not, they're eating out too many times a week and not, you know, you have concerns about their nutrition, um, you know, come up with a solution rather than just, you know, being upset and being angry and, you know, wanting to send, have your lawyer send a letter to your ex's lawyer that, you know, he or she is doing A, B and C, you know, wrong and it needs to be this way come up with a constructive solution that can be proposed that's not in a being done in a, a negative or demanding tone but is just constructive that you know hey um when junior is coming home from his parenting time he's very very tired um and that you know i think we would both agree this isn't something that's good for him um I'm proposing that we establish a consistent bedtime at both of our homes. Um, this is the time that I recommend. What are your thoughts? And that type of approach, um, you're much more liable to, to get a, an, an agreement, get a solution, than when it's just, you know, Junior's coming back tired every time he's at your place. Uh, you're putting him to bed too late. You need to follow what I'm doing and put him to bed at this time. Like that type of approach isn't going to, to have the same results. So I think that there's many areas with respect to parenting and, and just generally in family law where when there is something that you're viewing as a problem, if you can come up with a solution for it that you can propose in a constructive, helpful way, you're much more liable to get the issue resolved, get what you want, get what's best for your child, save money on legal fees going back and forth. And it's a win-win for everybody. Very good advice. Um, follow me along with this little um, yarn that I'm gonna knit. Um, Samantha and I are going away in a couple of weeks on a one week uh, junket to a southern destination. And we went on to Expedia a few weeks ago to choose our trip. And I, I was 
thinking about the process that I went through to choose the trip. And initially, when it asked me all the questions like when, where, one way, multiple stops, beachfront, city view, all in, breakfast only, drinks included, drinks a la carte, gym, entertainment, adults only, child-friendly activities, so many options. Initially, I limited it to the utopian experience that I wanted. And then when it printed out or it came out the results, it was a very short list and very expensive. It was unavailable to me. It occurred to me, there's, an, there's a certain similarity to what I just experienced and marriage and spousal relationships. Where am I going with this? I ended up having to go back and I had to give up on some of my so-called demands. Why? Because I wanted to go away and what I thought was going to be available was not. And by me chiseling away at those personal uh, demands, uh, the, the non-negotiables, all of a sudden became negotiables. Back to relationships. The people that come to us, they've already decided that there's a whole bunch of boxes that aren't being checked off. And if I can't have all the boxes checked off, I'm not going to stay in this relationship. What they don't understand is that it's probably in many cases better. And by the way, I'm not referring to cases that are extreme where there's domestic violence or um, repeated uh, verbal abuse or uh, you know, radical distrust and infidelity. Uh, I'm referring to most of the cases that I've seen in the last 30 years where the inclination is, if I can't have it all, I don't want any of it. And oftentimes that um, hastens the end of a relationship prematurely and without giving it an opportunity to correct. And of course, it takes two to tango. You know, if one person's working really hard to preserve the relationship and the other one isn't, that's a different story. But I'm not referring to those cases. I'm referring to the ones where we live in a throwaway society when um, my remote control doesn't work, I just go to Amazon and get another one because I don't have the time to figure out how to fix it. And that same behavior finds its way in the maintenance of marital and spousal relationships. In fact, I am now seeing similar behavior between, between parents and their adult children um, because, you know, our practices are evolving and growing. And, and some people say, you know what, I, this is not the child that I thought I was raising. I, I have nothing to do with them anymore. And yes, it's not exactly family law, but it touches on it a little bit here and there. And it also touches on the subject of the state's law. And, and of course, um, there are many adult children past the age of 18 who are still considered dependent children and they are expecting their parents to support them, yet their behavior uh, would indicate otherwise. So the takeaway for me to our viewers on that subject matter is count your blessings, recognize what in your spouse does work and what in your spouse doesn't work, and then rely on the old adage, learn what things in your life you can control Identify the things in your life that you cannot control and then have the wisdom 
to know the difference between the two. And I chose a vacation destination that I could live with. It's not the best. It's not exactly what I wanted, but it certainly is better than the alternative. And I have seen way too many, in my metaphor, people choose the alternative, which is engaged in a divorce that causes far more damage than good to the children and to the spouses. And I've seen everybody suffer. And I don't like to see people suffer. I like to see people happy, peaceful, tranquil, and thriving. And if there is a way that the use of a divorce lawyer can prompt people to make the right choices and make no mistake, this does occur. I'd say somewhere around 15% of the people that hire me, somehow the work that we did causes that relationship to resume, to reconcile, and to be stronger. Because sometimes it takes a slap in the face to realize something's not working here and I don't want that alternative. I don't want to miss that trip down south. I'd rather go and give up a few things in order to actually enjoy life. And I think um, my next comment ties in with that as well, is that I think we often have a tendency uh, to, you know, just generally speaking, people um, to believe that the grass is always greener on the other side. We always think, oh, you know, I'm not thrilled in my marriage. There's problems X, Y, and Z with my spouse. Um, you know, I think if I got divorced, you know, it would be so much better. I wouldn't have to put up with this. I could be out there dating and meeting somebody who's going to appreciate me more and all of this. And I think it's very easy to glamorize, um, what it would be like to, you know, if you get divorced and what your, your new divorce life will be like. And, um, it's important not to do that um, because, you know, the grass is always greener. There, you know, there's lots of people out there who are divorced and they're looking at their married friends thinking that the grass is greener there. And then there's married people who think that the grass is greener uh, on, on the divorce side. And so um, it's something that should not be entered into lightly. And if a marriage can be repaired at all, if there's any hope, um, you know, I, I would advise people to take whatever steps they can to do that. Um, you know, again, there's going to be certain cases where, you know, in, in cases where there's abuse of, of any kind, it's just not realistic. And, and, and there's some cases where, you know, it is people have just completely grown apart and, and they're not where they were a long time ago and that they don't want to live their life that way um, as, as a couple. Um, but divorce is, it's not fun. Um, you know, research shows that next to death of a spouse, divorce is life's second most stressful event. So never underestimate the, the stress and, and the impact it will have on your life emotionally, um, you know, mentally and financially. Uh, you know, there is that reality as well that two people living together, sharing expenses with possibly two incomes coming in are going to have a higher standard of living than two people separate with their own expenses and one income coming in. Um, so there is a huge price to be paid uh, by getting a divorce. Um, you know, sometimes that is, it, it's worth the price. I mean, I always, you know, I always say to people, you can't put a price on peace. And if being in the relationship you're in is so disruptive to your mental health and your peace that 
you know, divorce makes sense, then of course, um, you can't put a price on that. But um, there are sometimes situations where, you know, I think people could work a little more at it and, and try uh, a little more. And as Steve mentioned, there is that small number of clients who actually start the process and then do end up reconciling or not going forward with it. I remember once getting a lovely email from a client saying exactly that, that they were thanking me, that, you know, the the help I had given them uh, in starting their separation and divorce ha had them realize that they didn't want to go through with it and that they'd work through some issues and um, were recommitting to their marriage and felt good about things. And, and that was um, a great note to get. Uh, it made me, made my day. It made, you know, it's not often you get that kind of feedback. Um, so just, you know, remember that the grass isn't always greener. Divorce is going to disrupt your life on many levels. And there is a huge emotional and financial cost. Um, so you want to make sure that it really is the right decision for you and your family. Absolutely. And so, um, we're, I think we're still with our viewers next week, and then we're going to take a couple of weeks off. Um, and in the meantime, um, for those of you that participated in today's uh, session, um, we still are family law lawyers, mediators, and coaches. Um, and um, I say that only because for the category of people that either have to split up or have no choice other than to go down the road that their spouse has decided, which is separation, there still is room to decide the how not the if, the how to separate. And fortunately for those in Ontario, they've got lots of lawyers in the same sort of ilk as Leanne and I, who try really hard to make the process short, inexpensive, and the least um, emotionally upsetting. And I say that because there's the alternative out there as well. So I say to you that if you're in the category of how, because you're past the if, and you now have to split up, um, think about using the time over the holidays to do your research and find the right person to help you navigate the process in such a way that is ethical, is speedy, is child-centric and at the end of the day will allow you and your children and your community of friends and family to look back and go they did it the right way kind of like the whole gwyneth paltrow uh, conscious uncoupling way exactly very well said so join us here again next week we'll be back with a, another topic if you have any topic ideas you'd like us to discuss certainly send them to steve or i in our dms we'd be happy to cover them uh, but we will be back again next week thanks for tuning in to today's episode of divorce explained if you enjoyed it don't forget to head on over to instagram and follow at steve benmore and at leanne townsend life for more and if you're looking for specific divorce services, you can visit benmore.com and leannetownsend.ca. We hope today's episode made you feel informed and inspired as you move along through your divorce journey. Tune in next week for Divorce Explained.